0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. All right, people, what's going on? You know that sound. It is unfiltered. Episode 11, Holiday Road, I'll call it. We just got off of a holiday, and now we're going to talk to one and about another. And we'll get to uh, Jackson and the big day coming up in, in just a bit. First, let's uh, talk about him behind his back and talk to his dad as we get mad holiday in here so the, the the first thing that i wanted to bring up because i i'm going to bring up the cardinals hall of fame which by the way congratulations is very cool but i happen to see come across like the timeline like an interview you did i guess somewhere in st louis and i saw the glasses and i wanted to bring up and you wearing them now like do you always wear glass why have i never yeah. i've never forget about it i've seen you off a baseball field a million times i've never seen you with glasses you, your eyes go bad yeah so at
0: 40 at age 40 about two years ago i was at a okay and i was looking at the menu and i was holding it like a video but i'm i'm holding it back and i'm starting to tilt. and she says what are you doing and i said, i can't see what it says." and she says you can't read that like it's not that dark <laughs> here like you can't i'm like yeah i can't read it unless i back it up he said you need to get glasses and so i thought my eyes are just tired like i get glasses like, like i'm totally my my eyesight has been you know incredible i don't need glasses so i went to the doctor and uh he was like and i was like oh my gosh that looks easy and so he's like yeah you need these glasses and here I basically just need them to read. Um, so yeah. I, I wear them So you're f-
1: farsighted, right? Because I'm nearsighted. You're alive, farsighted. You could see far away, away fine. You you could see far away from but you can't see close up. Yes. Right? So.
0: Right. I don't wear them all the time, but I wear them a lot because if I, I want to read something on my phone, I've got to have them all. Um That's why I'm wearing them right now because. Your your head's small in my little phone. Um, it's so not I just in your phone.
1: Just be able to see your pretty face. <laughs> yeah, it's not just in your phone, as you know. Your forearms are bigger than my head, but you already know that. Uh, it, it's a good fashion statement, though. I like it. I like it. Um, so how <laughs> – you know, I, I joke because, you know, we broadcasted together for about, like, like, a few days, and obviously I've talked to you a million times, but, I mean, as, like, you know – you coming over to the dark side, and then you were like, screw this, and went back and played. Like, how much more, now that time has passed, like, I guess two-part, like, how much more settled are you now with, like, life part two, which I guess the glasses help with because you can't see anyway. <laughs> if I can't see shit, I can't hit anyway. Um, and how much does, like, all the coaching and the no, work you doing see- with your kids help that? Oh, like, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't hit. Yeah. But how much does it help, um, though? Like, the fact that you're working 2000- with the kids, too. Like, it make it easier? Yeah. In two th- yeah. So,
0: in 2018, you know, and I went back and um, I was coming off of, I know that you know probably a little bit of the story, and, and, and people might know a little bit of the story, but I got really sick in, in 2007. In my career, like, you know, I was really well in the first half, and I got this crazy virus and i ended up having like high mercury in my system virus that was causing all kinds of issues and so i was really sick for most of the second half of 2017 almost you know kind of waning into 18 um and so like going back to play in 18 was kind of like i didn't want my career to end the way that 2007 with the yankees and and, and and, and playing terribly, uh, and how bad I was physically and, and 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 health-wise. When I got healthy back in 18, enough that I knew I still could play. I was like this really like inside of me that I didn't want my career over after the way it ended. So when the opportunity came up with the Rockies, like I felt like that I owed it to myself so to go out, and even if it was just going into the minor and feeling healthy and and, and seeing if I could work my way back to the major leagues I wanted to do that. and so so that's kind of like how it wasn't that I was necessarily unsettled being retired it was that I didn't I was unsettled with how my career had ended that I didn't feel like it was it was fair to it that way um, I got the chance like I said in 18 years, to go back I wanted to end it on my terms um, I had some opportunities Nine, uh, but just wasn't the right fit, and so that's really when I was kind of like, you know. what I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into coaching with my brother. He gave me the opp- opportunity more and be around the boys and like, you know, that sophomore, junior, senior season of, of his life. And I felt like I there more for them. Um, so it's it's been it's been easier, like you said, of. of uh, you're sort of moving in with my life with plays and and, uh, and and just kind of being more settled. Do I miss playing? Of course I do. I miss the competition. things that I could still be hitting in the major leagues, especially. Um, oh, you I, oh, you could be. Oh, you could be. be. or lose completely, just that com- competitive spirit, you know, that you have in your heart. Is, it just, I don't think it ever dies, but I, I'm, I'm in a good place with, with where I'm doing right and and enjoying what I'm doing and, and uh, loving the heck out of watching Jackson and Ethan play on the same high school team this year was one of like, my favorite things I've ever done in my life that I would have missed had I been playing. Um, so I, I'm in a spot to answer your question about um, is it easier now now that I'm not playing than it was then, yes, it is. Um, but like I said, I, I didn't want to end my with with the, the way that I was sick in New York and off the cliff with my performance. Uh, I knew that wasn't true. And so, you know, playing well in 18 and earning my way back to the Major League thing and, and helped me kind of close that chapter of my
1: First of all, <clears throat> we know you could still play. I want to. I want to get back to the Yankee time because I want to ask you about Aaron Judge in a second. But I, I, I'll I'll answer that you could still play with a question. When you sit there as a former player, or as a coach, and you see a dude take a fastball down the middle to start a count, just to be "quote unquote" patient in 2022, does it drive you more crazy than it drives me? Because I know I couldn't hit it. But it's amazing to me how many hitters are giving up fastballs down the middle in today's day and age or not understanding pitch sequencing. And to me, your brains would allow you to hit. Forget about just physically. Like, what is it like watching some of what's transpired with the hitters now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah I mean, I really don't understand some of that, yeah, I mean, I really some of that. that strategy and the fact that the stuff is so good and, two, you know, two at bat back- that's against a starter like they're not letting you build up to that third at bat so it's almost like you treat that like you would a reliever like you wouldn't come in against a closer and let him have strike one with knowing that he has nasty Didn't go out and in the ninth inning against uh Eric Gagne and, and his prime and just let him throw the middle so that I'd have to deal with up and his break
1: yeah Set it for the changeup. That's like, that's that would be right.
0: smart hitting. I think the game has evolved some. somewhat. and so the game has evolved some. Yeah. Yeah. So like two at of bats off of a pitcher in one game. Like that's it. Like that's the most you're gonna get. And so I, I to your point, I I, I definitely think, point, think, I definitely think, think that think, uh, there's really a pitch count up anymore because of getting up into pitches any. Anyway. Like you're gonna get to that, like, so at bat, I don't. I think some of the strategy of that of that's changed, and I don't know game that, game that we've advanced quite fast.
1: I, I'm with you on that, and I think Matt. Also, guys don't really. They're not paying attention to time and score. Like they're not paying attention to the game. Like in the on deck circle. I, I, even there people aren't paying as much attention as what's going on i feel like because you notice that the pitchers and the catchers can gain an edge as a battery because the hitters are almost coming in with the same mindset every single time no matter what it's going to be um you happen to sit there in new york and you know later in your career get to mentor players the same way you were mentored right as a young player and i know you had a really good relationship with judge and i remember you telling me what an amazing dude he was when people really didn't know anything except the fact that he was way taller than me and even bigger than you, which is saying something watching what he's done, betting on himself and succeeding in the way he's doing. Like how proud are you of, of everything that's transpiring with Aaron here in the last year?
0: You know, it's a, uh, it's been a thrill to watch. I always see and I know with that body and that there's been some health issues there. But when he puts together a string of health where he's in the batter's box consistently, I mean, he's incredibly um, gifted just physically. I think his swing has gotten more and more tight. Like he understands better and better, um, chasing the zone as much. Um, But it's turning down the contract. He's always been a very settled, like, he's not a guy that, like, Too worried about money, the big contract. He's been very focused on baseball, which is always that he loves baseball. Um, I think he's up that New York presents. Never been sort of who he is, or all that important to him, in my mind. He's got some Derek jeter qualities, as far as, um, you know, you really hear much about him. He, he likes just to kind of keep his circle tight and play ball. Um, he's done some advertising stuff, you know. Uh, but I think in general, um, he's just a great human, and he loves baseball, and he's really good. And I think that that's been really cool to watch he's just he was mature when i played with him in 16 and uh, you know he's the same dude in 2022 uh, just you know he's more famous and, and he's having an mvp season this year and you know with free agency in front of him i'm just proud that he's just a good dude when i text him the same humility same honest, same uh, personal uh, just good friends like we've you know we have haven't missed a beat, and so uh, those are that I love to be around, that I love for, that I want my kids to to look up to.
1: I I hate the way, and I'm, not, I mean, you know, me I'm not saying this just because you're here. I, I hate the way we we don't remember as like a the media and, and humans. In I'm generalizing, but that athletes are humans, right? So you're going through the same things we're going through as people, but in the personal you know, nature of millions of people watching, right? And all the pressures of if you go 0 for 4, you can get booed by 50,000 of your own fans and all those things that we don't have to deal with. To watch the Freddie Freeman situation, and I'm just tying it this way, develop where like, you know, you got people writing articles about him crying and that's not okay, which I thought we want emotion. And, you know, he's not allowed to, to leave and all of that, which reminded me of Albert, right? When he left, you've signed a big contract. You've been a top free agent. You know what all that's like how much more pressure is all of that than maybe even you as a player let on or other players let on? Because you try and be tough when you're playing. Like, now looking back at it, how much, like, can you explain to people and to me just how much pressure that is day in and yeah. day out when you're dealing with being a free agent like that? Yeah, I'm, I
0: mean, I, I think the thing about it, especially going that free agent year, is – you want to do really well, kind of your big chance, and people know, and there's talk, and there's just a little side noise that makes it hard to create on just kind of what you've done, where, you know, you just just playing the game, uh, working hard, trying to win. It, it kind of adds this outside element to a bad little streak. Just keep the the thought of, you know, you're costing yourself money, you costing yourself years on this contract. Um, to keep that thought out is almost impossible. And so it's like this battle of you know, running this race and you're almost to the finish line, but it's it's just a long, long sort of last season. You know, you're trying to figure out where you're figure up and, and how many uh, years and, and are you going to move there? And are you gonna move there? I don't know, we, we, we put a lot of ourselves in that final year. And then when you get the contract, it's a hold where now all of a sudden you want that contract, you want to make uh, the decision makers look smart. By giving you that contract, you want to be worth it to the fans. You want the fans is a smart contract. You want to be the middle of the order. Bad, for you to be. Um, and so when you have a badge with that, you start doubting yourself. Maybe not that guy, right? or are going to you know win the fans back? And so it's it's really, um, it's it's kind of it's almost like your best years are the couple years after you sign the deal and the couple years before. It, where you're just playing just you know you're out there to help the team win those sort of year after are, are pretty stressful for guys as far as getting up to the contract and then or getting the contract um, and as you know I, I think as we as want to say you know just what you know just focus on winning and, and and keep your mind super simple those are all great suggestions, but really, really
1: Yeah, I, I remember and there are a lot of different guys I could bring up there are these kind of situations, but uh, guy, you know Beltron, I remember his first year with the Mets. He was terrible. He came from Kansas City, they've got like three beat riders, then he went to New York, he was terrible. And it took until the second season in the middle of that season for him to do well. Adrian Beltre people thought was a bust when he, when he signed the big deal in Seattle, right? And then all of a sudden, as that deal expired, he goes to Boston, and he's comfortable, mm-hmm. and then to Texas, and then all of a sudden you've got a Hall of Famer, one of the best third basemen of all time. I don't think people kind of realize that, that pressure. There are certain cities, though, that also carry different pressure, and you played in two of them that are totally different, but I think very similar, New York and St. Louis, because it's a different kind of pressure. Like, St. Louis Cardinal fans, I get on them all the time because, you know, they clap and they love everything. And, you know, I don't, I don't want you to get mad at this, but I remember, like, seeing that it, it pissed me off when I was covering, you know, the World Series that they were in. You know, you had your own issues in the World Series against the Red Sox. Not you, but the rest of your team. You couldn't will them. Uh, but when they lost to the Red Sox, I think it was in '04. They were, like, congratulating the fans or congratulating Boston fans. It's not what I'm from in New York, so it's a different, nicer kind of way. But what's the pressure like in St. Louis? And and this is leading into the fact that you're now a Cardinal Hall of Famer, which is I want to ask you about. But when you've got a baseball town like that, where it's like Friday Night Lights with football, right, down by where you are now, is it a different pressure playing in front of St. Louis fans? Well,
0: I think it. it... In the fact that the, the St. Louis Cardinals are, are are pretty much everybody in Missouri's kind of a interest, like they're the kind of the front page uh, of all year. It's St. Louis Cardinals, and so there is this big market feel to it. You, know, you people would say, "Well, it's not New York, and so it's not L.A." But there's a fall St. Louis where everybody is interested in the Cardinals, and everybody is interested in the player, and there is an expectation of success, and if they give you a big contract, expect you to do well. People talk about the Cardinals. Sports Radio is big in St. Louis, and they write about the Cardinals, and so it is kind of that that big market field. Um, um, Are they into every game? Are they smart fans? Of course they are. But they do have an expectation of 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 your money and your and your production because that's what you know it's winning team in, in a mid-market payroll salary uh structure. so i i do think that there, there is an expectation there is um you do feel um the expectations from the play at a high level and, and i think guys Love playing there because of a big time atmosphere. But I do think that there are there is um, you, know, you have you should play well. if you uh, Find that out.
1: When you found out that you were because we're talking about rich in history, right? When you found out your name to the Hall of the Cardinals Hall of Fame, like what what was like a? How did you find out? And did you know this was a? Th- I know you know of it, but did you know that this was happening at all? Did it shock you? What was your reaction to finding out? And congratulations, by the way.
0: Um, You know, I, I found out from Mr. DeWitt. Um, I knew that I was on the ballot. And people tell me that I had a pretty good chance. A recent uh, uh, player. And so I was there with was a a chance. So um, when Mr. DeWitt called me and and told me, obviously I was extremely thrilled, Uh, so excited. Like I said, when when you get that contract, um, you want to live up to the contract, the fans to appreciate on the field, in the community, um, that that when people look back at your time, for it uh, fondly, good deal for both sides, it was a good contract for me it was a good contract for the cardinals and so to get into the cardinal all fame it's like uh you know reaffirming on both that was a great chapter of of my life and and, uh, and i think the contract worked outside so uh, it's just a, it was just kind of a, a um to, to be Hall of fame and, and to get the experience the the ceremony coming up and in, uh, in August, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And like I said, I'm, I'm super grateful. Fan vote, obviously, that the fan vote. Um, so I love that city. I love that city. I love the organization. My time there was incredible. And.
1: I mean, between the sweet glasses and a son who's about to be a top pick and being in the Cardinals Hall of Fame, I mean, really, <clears throat> you got everything going for you right now as we're chatting with uh, Matt Holliday here on Unfiltered. i I, I going to ask you one more about the Cardinals because I, I wanted to ask you about Albert anyway, but, A, how cool is it to see the story that he ends up finishing there right I mean thinking of guys who would never you would think Matt would have to bet on themselves with the way that things happen with the Angels and he's like no I want to play more and then he ends up on the Dodgers and, and is a factor for him to be back in St. Louis what is that like for you to kind of see develop and we know all the the first 10 years of his career as good as any I think of any hitter ever we know how amazing of a talent he was give me a little bit on on hey. what people don't know about Albert what he's like I mean, that's that's what I'm curious about, because I, I will bring Matt Holiday back in here in a second. When you think about the fact that Albert Pujols is a guy who is in a situation now, Albert being at the end of his career, we know what, what a great player he is, but what's it like getting to know him? Give me something about Albert that maybe people aren't aware of. Because people never, because of all the, the money and the Hall of Fame stature and everything he's got... You know, I'm, when he left St. Louis, it was like he had scorned an entire city, right? Like, tell me about what it's like, it, it, Albert the person, getting to know him and play with him.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you get to spend some time with him, all that he has done for for the Dominican Republic and, and the— um, some of these charities, his Pujols Foundation. Like sometimes people look at a foundation and they think he's just like the fee ph- that, like you know, he just kind of money and raises his money, raises, and, raises money and, then, and then, you know, that's that's, that's it. it. Like he literally in the Republic and he hosts boy, these dances, he dances for the da- dance down, and he's he's very very he's on very, dance with dance these charities. charities. Um, it's super impressive. Um, like he has done, right. he is done he is so. much much for those communities, like behind the scenes, um, like watching him uh, sort of on the scene stuff that I got to see. Foundation, um, he is, he really is a guy back to people and to, to people that, um, that, you know, he, he's amazing amount of philanthropic work. Um, so from that standpoint, he's got the Pools foundation. But I, I think it's cool, cool to see like him embracing this and and mentoring young players. And uh, I know the Dodgers, you know, said it was Ollie, you know, Ollie Marmol, one of my close friends, and talk about his experience of managing Albert this year. And and he's tremendous, like the way that he just really there to help do anything he can to help. Um, I think that's incredible coming from a guy who's a first ballot who, um, you know, has, has been at the highs. For him to come in and just kind of be old, uh, all he needs him in and, and, and the way that he's given the young players behind the scenes. and really cool for me to watch because you don't see that all the time with star players who are on the back ends of their career.
1: I wanted to talk about one more thing, a quick story, and then I want to get into Jackson before I let you run. So even though you and I only broadcasted together for a short time, you're still a broadcast pro because for those who are listening to the podcast, watching it, they already could see, but for those listening – let me tell you something. I, I've been doing this twenty years. It's not easy to work with a delay, and and nobody talk about it and work with it. People are listening, and they just like it's that extra second. So for those who are hearing the podcast, they hear an extra second without giving too much information because I don't know the company name. Otherwise, I I'll throw him on the bus for you. But yeah, Matt moved into a nice new house. He's now in the barn. He had to move into the barn basically to make sure that we get enough wireless to get this done because everything's getting done. I, I want to just let you know that if at any point as you wait an extra couple of seconds for my big mouth to shut if you're like feeling like shit i wish my wireless was better i wanted to bring up a a story before we get to talking about jackson the rest of the way here (laughs) so the way that matt and i first met i was working at mlb.com at the time before i had even started doing i was working in new york but i wasn't doing radio nationally yet and first interview that i did with matt he had a car pick him up at the hotel in Manhattan that was going to take him, it was supposed to take him to our studio for an interview for like two o'clock in the afternoon, somewhere around there. But he got in the wrong car and it took him to Shea Stadium. And we did the interview, but you were there for five hours in the underbelly (laughs) of pretty much the biggest shithole in the history of Major League Baseball, if we're being fair. And I love Shea and we're there for five hours before the game stuck. Like, you can't do shit, there's nothing to do. You can't walk around the park, you don't know where to go. It's, it, you're sticking like to urine, like as you walk in that underbelly, going to the visitors clubhouse. So I just wanna remind, I wanna tell everybody that story, but remind you that when we first met, the first interview I ever did with you in the Wayback Machine, uh, before MLB Network even existed, was on MLB.com on the homepage, and you were stuck at Shea in that place for five hours, because we didn't properly really coordinate, it was our fault. The car to take you to our studio in Chelsea downtown instead. So don't feel bad about two seconds of delays. Uh, you no, know, it's uh,
0: it's funny. I, I was young player at the time. I the guy, you know, in New York now, <laughs> sucker you. Uh, you know they know all. There's gonna be baseball players coming out in the field. So like, hey, are you are you a, are you a player? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, get in. And I was, like, oh, okay. Well, this must be the curve for me to go to this interview. Like, this guy must be from the the station. And so, as a young player, in the back, I was kind of messing around on my phone. And uh, next thing I know, I'm like, where are we? Like, I where you know, I'm I'm starting to look at the address J Stadium. And I'm like, oh. My God. Gosh, no, that's not where I'm going. And so I reached out to you, and I was like, "I'm going to place," and we made it work. But uh I think earlier than that, I mean, I think it, it was, was bad. About, like at, like 11, <laughs> eleven o'clock in the morning, if I remember, it was.
1: Long and, yeah. <laughs> Eight hours in Shea Stadium is eight. Although I miss it, I was on the field when they. This is a true story. So Ed Randall and I were the last two people that were on the field of anybody like living yeah. anywhere. The last time they turned the lights off at Shea after the last game, like I made sure to stay on the field. I wanted to be the last person because you know my sick. I mean, you know, I mean. Yeah, you know, why are we talking? Max is pitching tonight. No, but I'll just say, which, by the way, it's like, you pinch me. Um, you know, Matt Holiday came to yeah. New York. He played for the wrong team, but that's all right. Um, l- let me talk to you about your boy, because when you're talking about <laughs> a draft in Major League Baseball, as you know, like 19 dudes were picked in front of whatever it was, Mike Trout, right? Like 7 million in front of Mike Piazza. So the draft, it's like people don't, unless you're one of the top, top picks know where a lot of guys are drafted. But if you're a top five pick, you're always going to have that expectation, right? That's like a contract before a contract of, okay, I've now deemed that you are worth this, right? To be at that high level. What kind of things are you telling Jackson about dealing with that? Because that's something for any kid that age. That's not, not anything that a normal person like me would have to deal with. What kind of things are you communicating with him as we lead up to the draft?
0: You know, I, I think for me, Casey, like he's dealt with being my kid, like to some extent. Like he's 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 been, been um, people have been watching and paying attention to him since he was because he is my son, and i had some you know big time teams and and played and dealt with things, things similar to maybe like this. Uh, I think to me it's it's one of those things where like look you get to be you know top pick, um, but really the work starts on the 18th of July, the day after the draft is really when this whole venture begins, because that's when you into this worldly players that are all trying to get to the same place on 30 teams with 26. 26- and, and, and the sacks and and thing that, that it's going to take for you to get one of those spots it's going to be easy it doesn't matter if you've got a huge huge signing bonus a little signing bonus no signing bonus like the work starts on the 18th, and it's back to square one where we're all um, I've tried to them understand how big of a game this is and, and, and what the Challenges are, and and the sacrifice that it's going to take. Uh, obviously, we're to support him, but this is his career starting in, you know, two weeks or whenever this this if this happens. Uh, when this is going, you're never going to be a hundred percent for it. But I, I think my experience will at least have him of what he's getting into.
1: When you think about getting drafted and being that age that day is where it's already like to your point i mean it's already not the same as i don't want to say i hate the word normal but as just if you were just just a 17 18 year old kid right it's it's different but from that day on you'll be tied to the back of a baseball card right like the i mean it's a weird it's a different kind of a thing you also, when you're going into draft, get tied to this plus this, and he's got plus that and plus this. So I want to ask you it this way. Like, what parts of his game, because I've seen I've seen highlights, right? And, I, and I've hosted the draft. It, it's like you watch the highlights of the kids, but I always say to people, character is a separator, which I know is not an issue because it's part of your family. That's a separator. Are you a winner, right? And how are you going to deal with that? But give me a couple of things about his game that, like, you've seen him improve on. Or give me, like, a sense beyond what I would read in a paragraph from, like, Jonathan Mayo, my guy or somebody, about what, what you really kind of like about the growth in his game the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. He's always had the skill. Like, he's always been very skilled. Ball skills, like pick a ground ball, ball and throw it skills. Uh, very alert, uh, has very good insight to throw the ball. Uh, his, his baseball IQ is extremely high. Uh, he, he can comp- very even keel demeanor handles highs and lows of baseball. Well, there's his, his, his maturity and strength are starting to collide with, with the skill and the hand eye. Uh, uh, and so it's, it's it. you know, he was kind of the undersized but very skilled prospect. And then this past probably, I don't know, eight months, he started to get that man plus times. Uh, he's throwing better. The ball's coming off his bat hotter. He's hitting the opposite field home runs. Doubles are turning into homers. The singles are turning into doubles. Um, and so taking like this next step where scouts have shown up and they've said oh like he's physically being bigger and matching that skill that bat the ball thinks and now, now all of a sudden you've got this really really good prospect that move fast and so I think that that's what I would say is, is that he's always had kind of uh these 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 good intangible and, and then and now he's getting strong and it's 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 really kind of catapulted
1: up these these rankings. Uh, I, I've got to I got to close with one which is which will be this is the most important question. It, it honestly and it's I mean this is my preparation. I mean I, I honestly I'm like Rain Man because I just write a bunch of scribble that only I understand. But the first thing that I wrote down it says hair because the first thing I wanted to ask you and I'm asking as the last question. It's like Vanessa Williams save the best for last, like. Where did he get this hair? Like, this is some serious, serious... I mean, locks. We're talking about, like, Thor, Syndergaard-level locks. And I I can go in the Wayback Machine. I don't know any pictures. Dad's got those that hair. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you know, I had decent hair early, early. <laughs> and then... To go on on top, and so it looked good, but then I had to put a side, and all all of a sudden, like there was no covering up the boys where you know they've got their uh, I told them to enjoy it like, look, long hair now, because you could up someday, situation where. You don't have any hair. So, uh, both of the older boys have extremely long, uh, really nice hair right under a hat. Uh, it's, a, it's a forever thing because I thought, I thought I had decent hair in high school too, uh, uh, went south. So, um, they really get their hair side from their mom. But if you go in the Wayback Machine, there was a little bit of long hair today.
1: Yeah, I, well, I, I, not that. I mean, it wasn't looking like these are like flowing locks. I mean, we're talking about like, you know. I mean, you know, everybody's paying attention to you now with the glasses, yeah. and you still got the forearms that are bigger than my waist. But I mean, the locks, I don't know about. Uh, I do know this: Proud Papa Day is coming for you in a few days. Always fun catching up with you. You're still a pro at this. Anytime you want to come over to our side, working with this delay. I mean, you don't have to read anything with the glasses. But, you you know, I love you, man. We'll catch up soon and and enjoy and soak this up here in a few days. All right?
0: Hey, hey, thanks for having me on. I'm sorry about the Internet. 2022, I could get this. Uh, But I hope that I gave you some decent content. I know that... uh, I miss hearing your voice side of the the podcast going.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you, bro. The, The content is always good. Remember this about cable people from any company. When the first thing that they tell you, no matter what company they work for, when your cable's not working, take the plug out for 30 seconds and put it back in like we're some jackass that doesn't know that. It's par for the course. Everybody's got the same problems with their cable, so don't <laughs> worry about it. I would be, I would, I would just cut some of your son's hair and tape it on your forehead. you will be good. We'll talk soon, bud. Enjoy. I appreciate you. All right, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. All right, buddy. Thanks. Much appreciate uh, Matt Holiday jumping on the podcast. You can get at me at Casey Stern on Twitter. Anything you ever want to get, any of our lists, any of your comments, your reactions. Uh, but yeah, I've been friends with Matt for a long time. The first time that we met. It is a true story. He got in the wrong car. Now, I don't know if he says he was getting screwed or what. I don't know if that's how I remember it. It may have been 11 in the morning. He was, it was supposed to come in, you know, downtown. It was supposed to be like a 20-block ride. And is it my fault he doesn't notice he's driving all the way to Queens? Like, are you kidding? That's not my fault, but he did the interview anyway. And he didn't mean mug me or anything. And we've been uh, friends since. But uh, there he is. And congrats uh, to uh, him on the uh, Cardinals Hall of Fame entry, and uh, best of luck to Jackson as we look forward here just a few days away from the draft. You're just a couple of days away from another podcast. More guests are coming. Much love. Believe, people. That's B-L-E-A-V.